we are enlightened cash potato. We are doing the dumb things of trying to share uh, to Facebook and talking while we're doing it, which is the. It's like it's like when musicians are trying to tune their guitars, and it's awkward. <laughs> kind of wish it was better than this. Some people are really great at it. I watched Sean Colvin once as she was tuning her guitar by ear, which a lot of people don't do. They use tuners. She told a really hilarious story about opening for Sting and Sting was giving her crap about like the awkward while she was telling stories. And he's like, don't you get, get a fucking tuner? And she looked at him and was like, I don't need a fucking tuner. I don't know. It was really good. She's tiny. I, you know, sometimes people treat Sting like he's the new God or something like new Jesus equals Sting because he can something about sex and yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't actually know the punchline. Uh, yeah, but it is one of those things that everybody knows, right? Like Sting, like <clears throat> bald guy sings songs, Roxanne and Tantra. Like That's the other thing that people yeah. know about him. I'm sure he doesn't mind. I guess there could be worse things to be known for. Yeah. Is that is that on your list? Posted. <laughs> I'm posted. All right. This is me finally sharing to my personal timeline. There's ways I to think, make that all easier, but I haven't. Uh, we haven't constructed that yet. I think that people just have to know that as we get started, there's a slow ramp up before we actually get started. It's like there should be like pre music playing, you know, that the credits are rolling pre title screen right now. Sure, sure. Uh, I just had flashes of like, it's not quite foreplay. It's the awkward. Wait, we're, this is happening, right? We're doing this. Wait, I'm just let me get it. Hold on. I got to go to the bathroom first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's been a while. It's been like yeah. two weeks. Do we want to actually start officially? Oh, okay, wait. And like say hi and welcome to the podcast and say who sure. we are. <laughs> sure. I'll make a note that I'll edit that out later. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Both at the same time. Ready? Hi, Ort. No. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Okay. Hi, I'm Nicholas Rave. This is Adrienne Gunn. Hello. Welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast, where we teach you, uh, where we talk about how to watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development. That's what we do here. Yep. We allow and, you uh, to TV deeply. Mm. And uh, we have a lot to talk about because we took last week off. Um, so I watched a lot. Um, how about you? How you doing, Adrienne? What's going I've on? I've actually found myself watching less. Really? Or watching differently. So there, God, there are so many amazing performers and people who have a different amount of time available. So I've been checking in with a lot of my entrepreneurial friends doing live streams. There's uh, one of my favorite performers has been doing a nightly Instagram live. So I've been like checking in on that. So the times between that and between going to bed have shifted my patterns around TV watching. I've also not been watching as much while I eat. I've been doing more journaling and listening to audiobooks. So I have a bunch of audiobooks I got through in the last two weeks um, and fewer shows and movies that I've watched. But I, I, I also found myself, one of the reasons why I stopped like forcing myself, I found myself not being able to choose something to watch. 
And then I found that I wasn't as engaged mm. uh, in these in this stay away-a-thon of Corona, COVID nineteen. I have found myself a little more distracted in television viewing. So the things that I have watched, I actually like sat down and focused for. But it's it's been like two weeks, right? It has been two weeks. Yeah, before in the two weeks before that, I felt like that was me. Like I was, I was like, you kept asking me, what have you been watching? And I'm like, uh, we've watched a couple episodes of that uh, same show that I said last week. <laughs> uh, but I caught up this last, this last week. We got sick. My whole family got sick, which is it's a weird feeling <clears throat> when like every tiny sniffle, sneeze, cough, tickle in your throat uh, makes that part of your brain go, Oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> no. I know is going to die. We're all going to like, and then you got to calm that voice down. And like, it yeah. was just cold. We all had a nasty cold, but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's super beautiful here in Portland. So it's kind of allergy. Mm. I might, I might extra vacuum mm. because I, I have weird sniffles and, and throatishness. And I'm like, this is fine. Everything's fine. I also, when I was not so deeply watching TV, I had a level of, nah, a level of guilt and a curiosity. I was like, I have a practice now of being super kind to myself around whatever my emotions and behaviors are. And I was just mm. like, Adrienne, you're a good supposed practice. to be TVing deeply. Mm. I was like, yeah, but I'm not. Oh, I've been weird Facebook videoing deeply. Like just 30 minutes ago, Glennon, is it Doyle? What is her name? Glennon, whoever wrote uh, Untamed, Glennon, whatever the heck, who was married to Abby Wambach. Uh, she posted this amazing video of her kid's soccer team, like going by in a caravan of cars screaming happy birthday. And so I was crying in my kitchen Aww. before lunch at a tiny, you know, seven minute yelling of kids video. Yeah. These are the things I'm TVing deeply. Yeah, I got to say, I mean, I, we haven't even talked about like the other shit that I watch, like YouTube. I was trying to keep that like off of the table and just keep <laughs> this about movies and TV. And then eventually maybe we start talking about other stuff. But I do think that this is more about like narrative um, stories and things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do think like there's a lot of beautiful stuff happening right now. There's like I keep hearing really cool stories about people being creative and supportive and trying to connect and help one another. And I'm seeing a lot of people uh, who are taking this opportunity to uh, work on stuff in their own life. And I, I definitely know that's what's been going on with my little family unit here that um, yeah. we've all been leaning on each other a lot more and um and c getting closer together being more vulnerable and um healing a lot of stuff um, i'm really excited watching tv to see what like what the creative people do right now i i'm in the middle of a project i don't know when it'll wrap up i'm in the middle of a project of recording a song with a group of people distance so that's pretty exciting I've seen a lot of my songwriter friends be inspired. Uh, sadly, John Prine died of, of COVID. And a lot of my friends are, are beginning to share their covers of John or they've been inspired in starting like writing new music. I apologize for my ignorance. Who, who is that? John Prine is a songwriter, songwriter. He, uh, people know that Bonnie Raitt sang Angel from Montgomery and he wrote that. There's some hmm. other stuff he's like. <laughs> I have the sad story of learning probably the 
goofiest and dumbest John Prine songs because when I started performing music live uh, professionally, I was 14 and my dad loved John Prine and he got me to learn this song, Dear Abby. And it's goofy as fuck. It's a, it's a, Dear Abby was the like advice columnist. Oh, I know Dear Abby. So all of these goofy people with problems call in and she gives them advice. You are what you are and you ain't what you ain't. Listen up, Buster, and listen up. Go ahead, stop something. It's dorky. And so as John, this past is like, I deeply know one of the goofiest songs. And maybe I'll record myself doing that and then just say, this is what you get for listening, like being really close to your dad who... My dad is really good at the dad jokes and loves the puns and that sort of thing. And so just like, I have... I think I, I think I benched that song at 16. And uh, so I have new things, uh, you know, in the last, what, 27 years of performing. Well, you don't know if he hated it or loved it. So in, I in, don't know. in honor Maybe. of his death, you might be like, hey, this is a lesser known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go find it. I don't know where the chords or the whatever it is. I uh, one of my uh, old college friends posted uh, a couple songs that he was singing and I commented underneath just this morning. I was like, oh, it's been a long time since I've heard that beautiful voice. Um, And then uh, I was in a a, like a barbershop men's quartet with him. And so one of the other members of the quartet, who's actually a high school music teacher now, which was which is so funny because like that's exactly what he said he wanted to be like when I first <laughs> met him I was like what do you want to do what are you doing and he's like high school music teacher and that's exactly what he is and, um <laughs> anyway he commented underneath he was like uh digital barbershop uh reunion uh <laughs> and I was like I'm down let's try it so I don't know what'll happen with that but um yeah yeah maybe that's amazing. That's again, it's like all these cool little things that are happening because why not right now? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I kind of wish will stick around. Yeah, no, that's one of the main things that I've been thinking about lately is how much stuff are people doing and trying right now that when this is over, um, people are going to go, you know, I should keep doing that. And that's really exciting. That's what makes me think like this is going to have long lasting changes on in a positive way. I know there's yeah. going to be challenges too, but yeah, um, I'm fairly optimistic about our future. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you? So when we had to postpone, I was super excited to talk about glow. Have you seen glow? No, I have not. Brie um, Larson, right? Or no, Brie. No, Alison Brie. Brie. Allison Bree. <laughs> I too think that her name is backwards. <laughs> I got that. I got that backwards. I don't know why, but I think Brie Allison sounds it sounds right to me, and Allison yeah. Bree not so much. Yeah, so yeah. she's in that. Apparently, she's a person. When I first watched it, I think I watched it within two weeks of it showing up in Netflix World, and I think that was maybe three years ago. There are three seasons. I have now watched two, and I paused after season one because it was one of those shows that I thought might be one of the shows I would share in the relationship that I was in, but it didn't, it didn't catch. So I was just like waiting until we watched the other things. I'm like, maybe you'll like this show. So I finally watched season two. Backstory, 
when we were talking about the TV shows that made us. Yeah. I don't know if I talked much about WWF. Did I oh, talk did. about? Yeah. Okay. So I think that I caught one of these shows because Glow is Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Yeah. And it really was this show that was on. And I recall seeing some of it when I was younger. Really? Like being um, rebroadcast on some weird channel. Okay. But it's based on a thing that really, really happened. And I don't think I realized that after watching the first season. Oh. Because the first season I watched and I was just, I couldn't stop watching it. So it was one of those days where I stayed up till like two uh unplanned and then the next day i was just so i mean i love these people so much and i just just started rewatching it again yeah has that happened to you oh yeah it happened to me with one of the so shows that i was going to mention uh from this last two weeks <laughs> okay so it was really strange for me to, to be willing to wait for the next season just in case i could share it with somebody that i cared mm. about and uh it also is funny because it's it was a slow burn. The first episode, I didn't know whether I liked it until the just the last scene of the first episode, where I leap off off the off the couch. I'm like, fuck yeah! And then it still took till the end of episode five for me. So Allison Bree's character. Sometimes I have I have trouble if I don't particularly like like the main person if i don't mm. feel rapport with them sure she's particularly it may be challenging to sympathize with her character for a while and by the time we get to episode five it just lands and there's like oh my gosh i can celebrate everything that's been happening this whole entire time and then i'm hooked and uh and that was weird for me to like stick around that long because i'm like oh, i don't really like this lady what's going on and then and then i yeah and then i just got i guess just dropped in i don't know i think it's a combination of women doing kick-ass wrestly things that's just awesome and the soundtrack of this show is pretty freaking fantastic and it's weird as f so the the premise is some trust fund guy uh, wants to make a women's wrestling show. He wants to make it because he loves wrestling and he thinks it could be sexy. So he hires uh, a horror director and not just any horror director, a, a, like a horror director who a lot of his movies have actually been banned is how like, I'm going to say avant-garde, but I don't mean it the way it was like, who's like to direct this wrestling show. And what it's Mark, is it Mark Marin? <laughs> The guy with the podcast and the, the Mark Marin's with a comedian, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy is the director. Oh, that's he plays the director. I yes, see. Yes, he yeah, plays the director okay. in this show. So they put on a wrestling, a women's wrestling show, and they hire a bunch of. It's an open call of actresses who show up, and none of them have background in wrestling, and they have to make a wrestling show, uh, which is awesome. And one of the things that keeps showing up is a theme. In this, which I love, is the idea of like making something out of nothing. Suddenly there are constraints and you have to figure out how to like, which is a thing that theater people do all of the time. 
is figure out, okay, like you suddenly have no budget. Suddenly you're missing a character. Suddenly like everything's falling apart yeah. and broken. Uh, show must go on, figure it out, which is mm-hmm. really great. Cause like every, nearly every episode is that kind of, kind of example of like, problem solving. what do we do? How do we utilize yeah. each other? How do we show up? Which is one of the reasons why I love it. Well, you, you prompted me uh, with a tangent. Mm. Um, if you're if you're open to it, yeah. Um, Liz, my wife was commenting recently that uh, she was at a group event before all this stuff went down, um, and one of the things that she was noticing was that everybody there <clears throat> was complaining about how their partners and they could never decide on what to watch. and that they were like, oh, like my husband never watches the things that I want to watch. And like, I have to sit there and watch his like monster truck rallies or whatever, (laughs) whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, No offense to the monster truck fans out there, I suppose. Um, Bigfoot. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) So one of the things she was commenting on was that she was like, it's so awesome that um, we have so many compatible shows that we can share together and that um, we love to sit down and go through things together and then stop and talk about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I wonder, like, is that like a, a piece of dating advice? Like, don't get into a relationship with somebody who you don't have any shows in common with. Like, when we talk about how deep <laughs> our shows affect us and these yeah. stories and stuff, like, should that be like a red flag, you think? I'm just I think asking it is opinion. already. And I think one of the things we're going to talk about later might actually help people watch things that are outside of their lineage tastes. I mean, I, I'm remembering I was, I had a, I was in a band with a really, really, really good friend and he introduced me to all kinds of music that I wouldn't have listened to before. So there's, there's the importance of being open and figuring out a way to cultivate a a kind of ear or eye or, or the ability to watch things that you wouldn't normally. Yes. Is and not just watch it, but actually enjoy it. Like, yeah, like I've had that experience a number of times. I'm a big believer in a phrase I say all the time that all tastes are acquired tastes. Mm. That mm-hmm. um, that preferences are things that can be adopted. That enjoying something is actually a skill. Yeah, it's like some people know how to enjoy classical music. Or opera or ballet, like let, we're talking more esoteric, like less people know how to enjoy those things. Yeah. Um, you know, painting is, was like more of a challenging for me because I didn't have appreciation of the art form and the creation of it. But that's been one that I've sort of worked on mm-hmm. more. And I think that I've had that experience a number of times, especially with like internet stuff where I'm like, okay, millions and millions of people are into this. Yeah. What is going on here? Like, uh, can I figure out what they're getting out of it? Can I, can I learn the strategy? And then at some point it'll click and I'll be like, 
oh, I get it now. I get it. I totally get what you what people get out of this. Yeah, I have. We have a comment. We have a comment oh. from our viewers. Right here, being open to learning new things and be open to the fact that you might actually enjoy it is something people do not always know how to do. Yeah. And that reminds me, so that's from Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. I actually learned how to listen and appreciate things, Part, partly from, let's see, partly from my choir experience in high school and m- more in part, I am connected to two different music camps, uh, adult music camps, and they're both part of the same family. So uh, Puget Sound Guitar Workshop and uh, Northwest Women's Music Celebration. They're both sort of the same family. And there's there's something I believe they call it generous listening. In these experiments and these gatherings of people to play music, you have People trying instruments and trying things for the first time ever, being willing to sing in front of people, play something you've never played, doing brave things. And one of the things that they train people into is how to be an open and inviting and generous audience for people doing new things. And so we learned how to drop into the state of just assuming Much like you've done the example when you're training about there's a difference when somebody cuts you off in traffic there's a difference whether you happen to know that they're rushing their wife to the hospital you're like go go instead of what an asshole right we change the change the context of what can happen and you change the picture and the story you tell yourself about something it's helpful it's also i remember my acting teacher talking about useful useful feedback which includes getting an understanding of what somebody's doing. And I think this is part of the generous listening that's from these camps and these songwriting workshops and classes that I've done where when I sit down and watch a television program, when I sit down and I am in a space and somebody's doing any sort of presentation, I, I do my best to, to make up the most generous mind read that I can with mm. the information that's presented to me. And it's a practice of, Yes, accepting what's offering, yes, and creating a generous story that allows me to drop in and appreciate it because everybody is at different levels of their talent. Everybody, we don't know whether they were able to pull off their idea that they truly had or not. We only get to see what we get to see and making up the most generous story. And for me, I'm just, I just, my most generous story is like, I am choosing to enjoy whatever this is. That's that's my intention. I sit down with and and sort of lean in and appreciate because then you never know. You never yeah. the, the trailer could say one thing and the movie's a whole different way. Right? You come in with an expectation and then something new is happening and you're like, oh cool. Now this is happening. And the willingness yeah. and the practice of being able to do that is awesome. Also, it's helpful if you've got a really, really, really good friend or if somebody's really good at pre-framing the experience so that you can get the most out of it. Mm, Yeah. Like set, like, let me explain to you how to get the most or how to watch this show. Here's what you need to know. Yeah. It was a show that my, uh, my girlfriend introduced me to. Fuck. I'm not going to remember what it's called. Mm. It's something about like, 
it's like a very weed centric sitcom that's on Netflix. And um, it has um, who's, who's the woman from uh, Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> my brain is completely fried. She, she's the one who broke the dude's ankles in that, um, that oh. Stephen King movie. Oh. Yeah, she's a Kathy, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, that's right. So Kathy Bates plays the owner of, I think like a, a weed shop or something. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's when you start, if I started watching it without her pre-framing it, mm-hmm. I would be like, what the fuck is this? I would have watched like five minutes and been like, like this show is so um, like dated like it feels like a show from the nineties or the eighties right. or something. Yeah. And it's like, I've heard all these jokes before, but she's, <laughs> she was like, no, 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 wait, listen, they know what they're doing. Like they're doing that on purpose. And there's like a meta narrative that's going on here where yeah. all the jokes are like intentionally bad, but then there's other jokes that are meant for the people who are like, getting what's really going on. I've never had an experience like this. And she's like, you have to think that the show itself is made to make stoners laugh. Like it's supposed to be talking directly to them. Okay. So when I started watching it, I was like, I'm not sure. And then she's like, no, trust me, watch. And we watched like a couple episodes and then I was laughing hysterically. (laughs) Um, And it was very much that like, you have to have someone download the strategy of how to appreciate this. Right. I believe I attempted to watch that show that I also don't know the title of and did not, I did not have the gentle guiding hand of somebody saying, no, 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 feet can be hot. Go with it. (laughs) Well, you might, you might have needed to have been a stoner to get it. (laughs) Possibly. I'm not sure. That is also, I'm just going to keep that in mind as I continue to not watch that show. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is not Um, a thing that I have been. So it kind of feels like you already started talking about our theme for the day. Do you want to just continue with that? Or do you want to talk about what what else we've been watching before we do that? Yeah, well, so let's just talk about it. The friend of mine was watching my cat. And as we were checking in uh, six and a half feet away from each other, about you know what's going on what we're watching that sort of thing she's like oh i want to show with you let's watch that let's do that and so we're gonna do that but she was talking about watching a show on what is the netflix thing that you can watch together is it watch party or it's just party or something something like that yeah yeah i haven't done it yet she was saying i was watching with somebody and they were like oh i know what's gonna happen next and then they type it in the thing and oh we got it's disjointed that's the one. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Kathleen. Thank Thanks you. For your help. Yeah, just join it. I was like, what? I found you- that show hilarious, but I can tell you, I would not have found it hilarious without someone guiding me into that experience. Yeah, that's fair. So she was saying that 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 annoyed her for someone to be like predicting in the chat what was happening next because television is the one area in her life where she's not hyper analyzing and assessing and, and figuring out what's going to happen next. Or, you know, she's also been this, this friend of mine is actually paid to take in information and then make sense of it and put it in charts and do stuff. So like her brain is already sussing for that. 
But here with TV watching and movies, she just, it's the one place in her life she gets to just sit back and just experience something and let it happen and flow and just sort of be a passenger, mm-hmm. which I think works really well for her because she also likes people to drive her around. <laughs> now that I'm thinking of this particular friend. And it reminds me that I I made a similar choice when I was 21, yes, in Tempe, which is just pretty much Phoenix, taking classes and learning audio recording and engineering. I went to the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences down there. I had the opportunity to learn about post-production and do audio for movies, for films. There's tons of jobs, like the kind where you'd like clock in for eight hours and clock out and somebody else comes in and works on the next five to 10 minutes, right? There's just a lot of work in that. And I was just like, wow. I heard all of my instructors talking about they would go to watch a movie and then they would sit down and they would be taken out of it because they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that they used an indoor car slam for that scene instead of an outdoor car slam. Obviously it should have been an outdoor car slam. And that fucking reverb on that room with the thing that just happened is just too big for the room that they're in. It's ridiculous. And I was just like, what the hell? And I'd already done that. I'd already turned music into a career. I'd I'd turned so many of my hobbies into a career. And here I was a musician learning all of the backstage behind the scenes, the recording stuff of something. So I was making music less magical over and over again. I was like, I can't do this to movies. Like, I just want to go to a theater and not know too much. Like, I, I still see you like boom mics drop into scenes and that's annoying. But I just, I couldn't go to, I can't go to concerts without having to like deeply hypnotize myself into enjoying them. And it's just, there's so much. And I just like, I just want movies to be my one magical thing that I just have enough mystery about that it still gets to be like, I'm a kid. Well, just, it's easy. <clears throat> it's easy for people to get trapped in that place where you're where you're analyzing and getting taken out of it when it's anything that you're an expert on and the mm. movie's taking artistic liberties. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I think about astronauts watching the movie <laughs> Gravity and the rest of us are like, wow, that's really accurate. And they're like, no, it's not. That's ridiculous. Anybody right. who's a martial artist watching a Kung Fu movie is like, that's ridiculous. That that would that wouldn't work. There's no way. Yeah. Um, you know, car people are like, no, cars, that, they don't have that. You know, it, whatever you're an expert in, uh, I'm sure medical professionals are like, <laughs> like for every movie. Um, uh, so what you're sort of talking about, the way the way that I look at this is that I, I, I break everything in the world up into yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the brain and I think about yin and yang as these two kind of muscles, they're both important, um, but we live in a world where we're hyper encouraged to go into yang. Yes. And yang is analytical. Yang is separate from the thing. Yang says no, yin says yes. And yang can look at something and analyze it and break it down and criticize it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> if that's all you can do, yeah, you're trapped. If you can't shut that part of your brain off enough to let yourself enjoy something, you can't surrender to it, which is the other side. That's yin. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think, I think it's an interesting thing that isn't often practiced. It's, it's like having the conversation about whether people are great at talking or whether they're really good at listening. Like mm-hmm. even that argument, uh, the difference between Hillary Clinton's leadership as being a listening leader style. And we don't really know what to do with that in this country where we're like, well, my opinion is this and my opinion is this. And you've got people like yelling their opinions at each other and not like the, the yin of like taking things in, taking yeah. things in and not allowing them to happen. I have a, a similar philosophy about harmony vocals. Uh <laughs> that I've shared with many of my songwriters and it's worked where I listened to something and I was like, you know, that person is just penising the vocal vocals. Then they need to vagina. They need to vagina the vocals more. <laughs> that, that is a beautiful way to describe the thing that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, so you need to, you just need to, if we're talking about how to TV more deeply and allow what you're watching to become an experience that can shift and change you, yeah. perhaps you just need to vagina your movies and TV. Yeah. Taking it open, in. receptive, let open, it in. Open, receptive, a nice warm, warm, uh, wet space for the movie to, to Uncritical, happen. <laughs> welcoming. <laughs> I, I mean, no. I just. Not all hashtag not all vaginas. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I, I I do think it's important to point out that like again, uh, being able to be critical is good. Like I, mm-hmm. there are some things that I have a hard time even doing my absolute best, letting myself surrender to. So like yeah. I'll give you a distinction. Um, I can watch the Fast and the Furious movies and go. <laughs> Like they're they're just self-aware and stupid enough. Yeah. And so ridiculous and over the top that I'm like, all right, fine. But I I can't fucking do Transformers. <laughs> like Michael Bay movies. I'm sorry, man. Like, nope, I'm out. This is yeah. lowest common denominator entertainment. This is entertainment for morons. If you love tr- Transformers, forgive yeah. me. I did okay. <laughs> it's just that's how one. it comes across to me. And I'm sure there's stuff that I love that you'd be like, I can't get into that. So it's, yeah. it's not about getting yourself to the place where you're where where all entertainment becomes the same because you're so open to it that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're still you still have preferences. You still have things that touch you and move you more deeply. Well, um, the, go yeah. ahead. No, I was just saying, I think people are overall st- starving like all of civilization is starving for that yin experience because yeah. we're always in uh analytical mode it, we're planning we're thinking we're not present in the moment where yeah. like sex <laughs> hopefully is a, a moment at least when you have an orgasm that's a moment when your your critical mind is off you're yeah. surrendered if you're dancing and you're enjoying it if you're singing and you're really present to it those are things that bring you present into the moment um watching uh, watching movies can be that and yeah. you can exercise this muscle i think that's one of the main points that i wanted to make in this is that this is a skill that yeah. learning how to be able to shut off the critical mind and drop into a trance. Like I always say it as there are certain directors that when I go into their movie in the first five minutes, I can just feel safe. 
I can yeah. feel held by their skill and their confidence. And then I'm always like the, the phrase I have in my head is take me on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I always say to myself that I'm like, there's certain directors that I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's, I think, I think there's, I think you need to give your critical faculty a new job to do. Ooh. I like to describe it like when I'm working with quit smoking clients and I'm working with people who have like a hypercritical voice, a judgmental yes. director yes. of what's going on. Yes. It can be useful in different areas of life. And I think in, in most therapeutic processes that I help people start, and if we're talking about this as, as watching television and movies as a therapeutic process yes. for you, I think you need to deputize. I mean, that, that fucking voice thinks it's the boss of things anyway. Yeah. It thinks it has an important job to do. And so you just need to give it a new, a new job that it's going to be really good at. And, yeah. and I think it's like deputizing it into becoming a noticer. Fuck, it's really good at noticing. Oh, oh, did you see the difference between that? Oh, look over there, look over there. Oh my God, can you, I have a thing to say about that that just happened. Like it's already yeah. good at noticing. So when you, when you prioritize the things that you're watching, you prioritize, okay, I know now that the, the most enjoyment and value I can get from this thing I'm watching and choosing to watch is going to come from and being in a more allowing and willing and open and receptive state. So damn it, noticer, I need you to become aware and excited for me about the things that are going to light up differently, right? Like its job is to go, oh, I noticed you're having an emotion. It's good. Okay, I'm going to stand back here. And then you'd be like, oh, emotion. Oh, no, this is great. Like, it's like, it's going to be like, oh, that's important. Oh, that's important. And it, it's like turning on when we say like, like when we were talking weeks ago about dream work, just saying, hey, unconscious mind, I'd like to have an experience of feeling different or I, I want to have the most pleasure I yeah. can from this experience. Your judgy person that's in your head telling you, oh my God, I can't believe what that person's wearing. And oh, why'd you do that? And bleh. It's really highly skilled at pointing out shit that's important to you so just like okay go hang out in the back there take some notes for me i'm going to experience this fully and then we can chat about it later or you can just like tap me on the shoulder so i can drop more deeply into this moment it's gonna shift my feelings about my family my feelings about my career all of the things that i've decided i wanted to get out of this watching experience you just tap me and i'm like oh and drop me deeper into allowing so that we both get our goals because your noticer's job, the reason why it's so hyper vigilant and judgy is because it wants you to have the best fucking life possible. Mm. So you get into agreement. It's like, okay, the best life possible today is not watching that stupid tiger show. <laughs> and watching this British bake show right so now. As, mm. as soon as you brought this up, this idea of like, give the, the judger a new job. The first thing that popped into my head and it kind of coalesced as you were talking, it's like, how do I do this? I'm not sure if this is going to make sense, but what I thought of is it's like, instead of giving the judger the job of deciding whether or not we're watching this, mm -hmm. 
because it's almost like there's this thing about like, am I going to let it in or not? But then there's a deeper level where it's like you put the judger in a box and you're like, no, 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 we're watching this and yeah. we're going to let it in. Yeah. But now what I want you to do is start noticing things in that experience. And so I set up like rules with my unconscious. So one of my favorite games, and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, is to like map my map the characters in the show onto my own unconscious mind or aspects of myself. Um, it's basically, I, I had this realization of like the simplest way to describe this is it's like pretending every single movie that you watch is inside out the Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they are, all of the characters in the show are just inside you showing you what's going on for you. Yeah. So okay. I've been watching this show, Farscape, which I mentioned before, yeah. and it's it takes place, it, this metaphor is really easy with that show because it takes place with this band of of scoundrels <laughs> um this team of of people that are crewing this ship and the ship is alive so it's very much like they are cells or conscious entities living inside of this larger organism and the larger organism is serving them but it also has its own needs and own own wants yeah and then you can take each of the characters and be like okay so this is the part of me that blank this is the part of me that that blank. This is the part of me that's the spiritual, open, um, yeah. sensual, loving part. This is the warrior part. And this is the like um, conniving, I'm going to get what I want kind of part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just, you, you map those characters on and then you just let the show play. And it's as if the characters inside you have the experience that the characters and when the characters on screen learn new lessons, the aspects of you learn those lessons. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, the point is that that hypercritical mind gets really excited when I'm watching a show and it's like, oh, hey, this one, you could do that thing with it. You can map the things onto your and here's how it could be. Oh, if that character is this part of myself, well, then that character must be this part of myself. And I start playing that game where I, it's like you're playing in the territory instead of I don't know how to describe that. It's like, yeah. instead of being like, I don't know if I'm going to let this in. It's like, I am letting this in. Yes. Um, and the judgmental voice is still there, but it's playing in the game now. Well, and the fun thing is that once the your deputized judgment noticer, whatever you want to call that person, once they recognize that, first of all, you're you're talking to them directly, like that whole like tapping you on the shoulder, oh, yeah, filling yeah. your head full of <laughs> thoughts and things. It's just like, oh, we, we're trying to, we're trying to, we gotta, we just, but life, it could be so good. If only, if only, look at this yeah. thing. Now it gets to like grab all of your other ridiculous and wonderful parts inside and give them things to do and like reorganize. It's almost like once you play the game of everyone in this show is an aspect of me. Then, then all of your like parts are like, <clears throat> I'm gonna dust off my outfit and inside, and we're gonna move around and change the yes. life in the way that we've been craving to do all of this time. We yeah. just didn't have a tool to to be all of us get activated and move around and shift. Yeah. Then again, you and I get what we're saying when I say the all of the parts of you inside. 
I know. Uh, I th- I think I think people get that there are parts of them inside, in some sense. Yeah, Old I don't know if they understand like, how deep that rabbit hole goes. Yeah, like a lot of people get that there's the inner child, and right. sometimes they get to meet their like recalcitrant like rebel. I mean, I think you talk about that judgmental voice and people like, I fucking know who that is. (laughs) I hear that voice all of the time. bastard. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, the the sort of rebel, I don't want to, or the sort of internal brat shows up and is like, I'm going to eat all the donuts. I don't actually like donuts that much, by the way. But it was an example, you know. And that's an aspect of psychology that's sort of vast and real i don't know if we should explain it yeah we'll save it we'll save it to go into depth there if there's one takeaway that i want uh, people to take away (laughs) 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 uh it's well said well said good job (laughs) it's that (laughs) shut up (laughs) damn it adrian (laughs) um I think it's that the thing I've thought about this a lot that I think the thing that people are craving in much of what we get addicted to is not the thing that you're addicted to, but it's simply the experience of surrender. Mm. It's the experience of letting go. It's that is the common denominator in all the kinds of things that people can get addicted to, almost all of them, is there's this feeling of surrender and letting go and being able to shut off that. Uh, you know, I think about like um, a, a mutual friend, Morgan. Um, uh, he talked about how he got into skateboarding mm-hmm. at a pretty relatively late age. And yeah. one of the things that he said about that is that when you start skateboarding as a teenager or whatever, if you fall and you, and uh, hurt yourself, um, you're probably going to bounce back pretty well. But when you're in your 30s, yeah. <laughs> like he said, every single time he got on that skateboard, he was like riding a razor's edge of catastrophe. And it's yep. almost like it forces you to clear out everything else in your mind. Um, I think for me, performing, I mean, for you probably too, yeah. there's something about when you get on stage and, and the pressure of the audience and the energy and the attention that's drawn onto you, it's like everything, if I drop this ball, it's like falling off of a cliff. Yeah. So therefore I am... <laughs> like right here and the conscious mind is just gone and you are present and fully surrendered to something flowing through you. And I think that is the thing that people get from almost everything they get addicted to, whether it's um, drugs, because it shuts off that part of your mind, alcohol, um, even uh, social media, like which people get addicted to video games. Yeah. Um, and definitely movies and TV. When people feel this compulsive urge to go back to it, probably the thing that we're really starving for is the letting go. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more than the thing itself. So the point here is that you can let go more. You can get more out of the things that you're doing. You can do it with food. You can surrender to the food instead of mindlessly doing it or criticizing or judging. Yeah, it's so much better 
to all see. So I don't drink alcohol anymore. It wasn't that I wasn't good at it. I just think my family metabolizes our alcohol and maybe has an allergy. So it just always, I nearly died. It's, it's not worth Eesh. it, but man, I never understood people who were like social drinkers because I would have usually a foofy drink, like a cosmopolitan with like fancy infused, like cranberries or whatever, or, you know, just something like, but I would, I would get, I would get the, the beautiful glass and I would hear like a choir singing, just like, here's your drink, miss. And it would be sparkly and I could hear the frequency of the like little ice crystals on top. And it was just me and the beverage. I feel like everyone else in the, wherever I was, was just gone. It was just me, just like people who can nurse a drink for hours. I don't know what the fuck that's about because I was just me deeply <laughs> taking in my breath. I missed this. But it's now like I do that with drinking. You're like, go away, everyone. I need to be with my drink. <laughs> just like it's, but that's. I don't know why. I just, I just instantly had that. Once I decided that I was going to be a person who drank alcohol, I would have a drink. I would sip it. And I'm like, no, that is what. That's amazing. It's just you and me. It's you and me, buddy. <laughs> we're doing this to. Ah, oh, we're gonna make this sweet, sweet musical moment of what we're. Yeah. So now that's me and my burgers again, but just, just like permission to more deeply enjoy whatever the F you're doing right then. Yeah. Oh. Well, you just, you just hit on a magic word for me, which is mm. in joy. Yeah. I think about that. So what does that, what do you think about that word to enjoy something is to literally be in joy. Yeah. You're, you're in pleasure. Like I, I use the word pleasure a lot because I think that's yeah. the, the meta chunk up on all these different sensations and feelings that we want. They're all pleasure. Even love to me is a subset of pleasure. Right. Because it's a pleasurable thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to be, uh, to be able to be in joy, to be in the pleasure of the moment is a, of whatever is happening. And I guess one of the things you and I both love are shitty movies. <laughs> like yes. there's a kind of, there's a different kind of pleasure um, that, you know, Mystery Science Theater started the craze. There's a YouTube channel called Red Lighter Media, which I've re- mentioned to you. They have a show called Best of the Worst, where yeah. they watch these terrible movies and then make fun of it. And But there's a pleasure, there's, there's something alchemical that those people are doing by watching something terrible that you, that normal people would watch five minutes of and be, what the fuck is this? But they found a way to, to be in joy. And maybe, maybe I need to do that with Transformers. Maybe that's, that's yeah. a transcendent experience. For me with Transformers, I think my little, like, uh, the generous story that I tell myself the moment I'm watching something that's kind of dumb and awful, maybe not well executed is I'm like, Oh my God. I remember when I was little and wanted to make a TV show. <laughs> I remember like you're playing that's exactly how I Trans- described <laughs> transformers is okay. And again, I only watched one of the movies. No, the like, first one was fine though. Okay, the first one, I'm like, oh my God, my toys are playing and they're so big and they make boom noises like in yeah. my head. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> the first one was fine. The second one was the one that it, and they went downhill from there. Oh. I've only seen uh, part of the third one, but the second one was the one when it seemed like they gave like a six-year-old a $400 million budget. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> hey, keep, keep, yeah. And it's just, it's nonsense. And it's three hours long. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the first one's great because you could be like, in that time in history, you're like, oh my gosh, Shia LaBeouf is almost yeah. an adult. How cool is this? <laughs> and oh. that movie goes many directions. In yeah, life. okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so. The theme of our episode this week is uh, surrender. It's yeah. it's that it's the principle, the idea that that critical mind, surrendering that critical mind and opening yourself up to whatever experience the the thing that you're you're in taking is trying to give you is a skill. It's yeah. um, it's a choice at some level um, and it's something it's a muscle you can exercise. You can get better at it and the mm -hmm. better you get at it, the deeper some things can take you. And I do think that there are some things where the person who made it clearly had an intention to take you somewhere deeply. And there yeah. are other things that are intended to be at the surface level. Sure. I do think there's there's a principle here that like you can get you can train your unconscious mind so well that you can take something magical from anything, yes. no matter how shitty yeah. that it is. Even if the person who made it had no intention of, and I know there's so many things that I've done that with where I've read <laughs> way more deeply into it than the people who created it probably had any intention. Right. Um, but then there are things where people are like, look, I'm putting the secrets of the universe in this movie. And if you're open to it, like you can let it take you that deeply. Yeah. Um, a lot of our favorite movies, I think, are that way. I have a friend who does a really beautiful and easy meditative process that if we want to, if somebody wants a lived metaphor, if, if watching movies and television in this particular way is, is new to you, that she does a 15 minute chocolate meditation where you buy like a piece, like a truffle or or some dessert and you close your eyes and you spend the entire, you put a timer on, you spend the entire 15 minutes just eating the chocolate as slowly or as quickly or as whatever, but the paying attention to it fully, noticing how the flavor sensation changes, putting it on different parts of your tongue. Maybe you bite this, maybe you suck on this part, or I don't know, however you can spend that 15 minutes with that piece of chocolate, fully appreciating, noticing new things. Maybe you smell it. I don't know. It's, it's a wonderful process of giving yourself, because then, I mean, you're eating chocolate. If you like chocolate or something that, you know, pick something you like, but really focus yeah. on it and allow it to show you new things, you can expand that experience into anything yeah. that you show up to. Even my my energetic coach that I worked with years ago was like, wash dishes in that state, do your laundry in that state, take your shower in that state. Like anything you can do beca can become a meditation that you can appreciate yes. more fully. Yeah. So uh, give her a shout out. Who's your friend? Which friend? Oh, my friend with the chocolate meditation. Yeah. Melissa Mattern. Melissa is amazing. She runs up space here in Oregon called Meditation for Regular People. Can we can we can we link in the doobly doo? Um, I, I think we can link in the doobly doo. 
at yeah. some point. It doesn't yeah. have to happen right now. But like, yeah, if anybody's listening, because that, that sounds rad. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you know this. I, I work a lot with weight loss clients or I have at least in the past worked a lot with weight loss clients. And one of the things that I do as an exercise for people is what I call single tasking mm. your eating. So it's being fully present. Don't don't multitask while you're eating and you can do it for a long time or you can just do it for one meal. Um, but doing it with just a piece of chocolate and then like having a guided meditation through it, that's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yeah. They, you, people ha have no idea how much you will learn generally just from doing that one time. It changes you. It changes your neurology. Yeah. <clears throat> People have a lot of resistance to it too. Just like <laughs> 15 minutes of just eating food and like not watching something like it like makes people's skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would love to have Melissa on at some point because she, she and I went up for a walk last month and she was telling me about two different movies. Uh, I think it's Ferrari versus... Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari and The Legends of Bagger Vance, where both of them are the ba ba Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Both of those movies are those. And she's just like, wants to drop. I'm like, you oh, should be please, on the show. please, please bring her on. <laughs> yeah. Because like, and also just as a meditator to talk about the the significance and value of film and TV. That's brilliant. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I will warn anyone that we, when we bring her on, we all might need to wear diapers because we might um, laugh or pee ourselves. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. That's all. Um, I think we're good on time. It's, yeah. it's just under an hour. Are we good? Yeah, I feel good. We didn't really talk about any of the stuff that I've been watching, but that was fun. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Well, you talked about Farscape, sort of. I did. I did very briefly, but I'll save them because I'm. I've got. We've got plenty of time to talk about stuff. So. You, you sure you're okay? Oh, I. I'm, I'm, I'll get over it. Okay. I think my assignment for our, our viewers as they tune in is to, is to do this, is to do the thing that you were saying about assigning all of the people in the show to be aspects of themselves. And I want to hear what happens, what kind of adventures they have. If you're willing yeah. to type that in our comments, I would love to hear how that goes. Well, we're going to do another episode where we talk more in depth about that. I think we should. Yeah. Um, and so my homework assignment for people, and you can, pick or do both or whatever is just see if you can identify the feeling of surrender. Mm. Like what do you feel in your body differently when you're watching something that you love and you're like, I'm going to let this in yeah, and watching something that you don't like. And you're like, Oh, it's so stupid. And like, you're not letting it in. Yeah. Notice what you're doing differently in your body because you can actually physically shift that and it will change your mind, it will change your openness. Like your, your state is rooted in your physiology and you can change your physiology and, and open up and then let it hypnotize you more. So experiment with that too. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Nicholas. Thanks for being here, Adrian. Yeah. Thanks for watching us, watching people. Yeah. You. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, what was it? Ka Kathleen. Kathleen, thanks for being here and saying stuff to us. That's yeah. Really thanks lovely. for commenting, Kathleen. All right. <clears throat> We're out. Yeah. Um, we still don't have a good sign off. So uh, see you next week, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye bye. Thank you.